to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Matthew, we're going to look at chapter 2. And I usually don't read out of the NIV, but I'm going to this morning because I like the way that it reads this text particularly. Uh, uh, I, I, I like the way it reads much better. And so I want to read out of the NIV. I, I normally never, never do that, but I want to for the sake of this text today. I know we normally look in, in Luke chapter 2, but we're going to look at Matthew today because we're going to go to a, 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 a we're going to preach this a little different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Let's go. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him. Report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I mean, you know, sometimes there's fake people among you. Mm. after they had heard verse uh, verse 9 after they had heard the king they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed ah they were overjoyed verse 11 on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshiped him Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Gives us a little different version than what we're often familiar with in Luke. And there's some things I'm going to point out to you today, so you better be ready. How many of you know there's some things that we uh, include in the Christmas story that are not accurate? There's multiple things that we tend to think that are just so and, and all of those things, and yet it's not as accurate as often we seem uh, to think. And so we're going we're gonna to know Bible today. By the time you're done, you, you'll, know some, you'll get some clarity on Bible today. Hallelujah. But I want to I wanna share with you a little bit uh, today. I've been back and forth about what to title it. I thought about calling it I Am Gifted. Would you say that? Say, I Am Gifted. 
Yes, hallelujah. I am gifted. I've come to learn over the course of time of living life that there are some people that are givers and then there are some people that are takers. In life, if you've lived long enough, you know there are some people that are givers and some people that are takers. There are some people that are just so self-consumed and maybe have such an ego that they're just much better at receiving than they are at giving. They're, they're just much better at just receiving. Some of you might know people like that. Some of us have people like that in our families that they're just, they're just better at receiving than they are ever at giving. I'm not knocking them. I'm just going to make the statement that it's true, uh, that there are just some people. They're, they're not as good at, at giving as they are at receiving. Some of us in this place might be that way. And so we, and, uh, but when we talk about giving, don't, don't panic. I'm not going to talk about money today. But when we talk about giving, we often, uh, sort of equate giving with wealth. As soon as we hear about giving in church, people are like, oh, he's trying to get money. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that at all today. In fact, when we talk about giving, I, I, I'm not even trying to go in that direction today, but we have this idea that when we talk about giving anything, we're trying to allude to wealth or that you have to have something in order to give. But oh, how God really taught us that really you don't have to possess anything on your own to give, but that sometimes we just have to have a giving spirit. Oh, yeah. See, you can still give even if you don't have anything in the bank. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Giving is not about uh, what you have in the bank or investments. Giving is not about how many zeros are behind a check or any of those things. It's not about that. Giving is really an attitude. And I want to help you to understand that we serve a God that is a giving God. Come on, somebody. The God that we serve is, is, is a giving God. And giving is about an attitude, whether it's giving in service or giving in compliments or, or giving in any, in any capacity. Giving is, comes down to an attitude. It, it's not about your wallet at all. In fact, giving is about your heart. Yes. I said giving is about your heart. Hallelujah. Some of you have that giving spirit. You may not have much, but what you have, you'll give. And what you don't have, you'll find a way to give and be helpful. Some of you are just some of those people that you can't sit back and watch somebody do something without you being a part and giving by participating. Hello. Yeah. It's necessary. I, I'm one of those, I can't sit back and watch you do something that I know that I'm able to do. I just learned to lead by example. I'll never ask somebody to do something that you won't first see me doing also. It's not good for us to sometimes to try to lead from just standing up and pointing our finger and saying we need this done, but get up out your seat, dust the, the, get the dust off your rear end and do it. And when you do that, you'll inspire others to join in and participate. Hallelujah. And so it's necessary for you and I, I need to, to, to say that it's necessary that you and I in the church world that we have a giving spirit. People know this church by our giving spirit. Yes, they do. I found that out this week. In, in the midst of meetings, people who didn't really even know who I was, they don't need to know my name. They just knew that this church was a giving church. Had a guy yesterday, they, he said, just tell me, how is it that you all can feed all those thousands of people every month? 
And I said, well, how do you get the word out? And, 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 but he, and he said, how is it that you, you guys can give? And how do you do it? And he said, you guys just must have a huge church. And I just chuckled and laughed. I said, then clearly you haven't visited. And you're not far. I said, you should come. Right. It's because we have a giving spirit. Come on. Come on, somebody. We have a giving spirit. We, and we serve a God that is giving. Hallelujah. If you don't know anything about God yet, you should know that we serve a God that is a giving God. Oh, we're going to go somewhere today. I'm going to take you from Genesis to Revelation in a flash and show you that all through the word of God, he is a giving God. Don't tell me that he's not a giving God just because you sit there and lack. Uh, 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 uh. He is a giving, giving God, and he will always give you what you need when you need it. You just might today learn the secret of why you haven't received what it is you need to be given. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not only people ask, why are we such a giving church? It's, we're giving and, and, and we're a giving church because we are a blessed church. We give because we know what it is to receive. Remember I said a year ago, we started raising money to buy property. And now here we are a year later, we bought the property. We've moved in the properties over there. Hallelujah. We've maximized. You know, we are out of room. You clearly haven't visited if you don't know that. Uh, where are you at? Geneva, do you need more room? We've maximized the space in our offices, really, and it's only about to, you have to come tonight at four o'clock to hear why, but, but now we need more. Can you believe it? Scott's like, what? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We need more. Oh, for what God is about to do and the things he has brought people together. How many of you know, God has just brought the world, some folks of the world right here to connect with us. People who are godly people, but they, they, they say, I got to connect and give to the vision. Oh, come on, somebody. See, the wealth of the righteous is, <laughs> never mind. I'll tell you more later. Listen. We serve a God that is a giving God. And if we are going to be God's people, we've got to be a giving people. It's not about what you have. It's about finding ways in which we're able to give. You don't have to have money and you don't have to be wealthy, but you need to have a giving spirit. Amen. You might not have anything to give, but you can find a way. There's been times I haven't had anything to give people that I knew needed to be given something, but I found a way to serve. I helped them move her. When Brandon and Cindy bought a house that needed help, I went over and rebuilt the floorboard and jacked the house up. I mean, it, it was like this. And we got, I got under the house, jacked the house up, put new floorboards in, and we made that house level because I didn't have any other way and means of giving, so I just gave of my time. Now, the house still might be leaning up slightly, Scott, because I'm not a contractor by trade. I barely passed shop class. Glory <laughs> I don't even know if it's up to code, but they're living in that house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. When, when, when there's a leaky faucet or something here at the church, I'll do my darn best. Hallelujah. It might not run rapid, but it might just drip when I'm done, but it's better than it was. I'll serve in whatever capacity that I can. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we don't always have something to give, so we'll give of our service. Because why, why do I say that? Because someone said to me once, my grandpa said to me once, Adam, you need to make sure, make, make people miss you when you're gone. 
In other words, don't, don't let it be that you can be absent and it be no different when you are present. Oh, how many of you know what I'm talking about? There are some people, you don't know whether they're there or they're absent because it's just the same no matter what. It's the same with our churches sometimes. We, some churches, you don't know whether they're there or not because they're quiet no matter what. They're dead no matter what. Come on, somebody. But you and I need to, to, to make a difference. We need to make it be known. You, you need to be such a gift to people that they know that you are present and they miss you when you are absent. Come on, somebody. You need to be able to be a gift to somebody. If you don't have it to give this Christmas, hallelujah, just be a gift. Wrap yourself, put a bow around your neck and say, oh, baby, you get me. Hallelujah. You get me. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Because if you understand who you really are and how unique you are in the creation of Almighty God, then you'll have no problem allowing yourself to be the gift to the people you love. Oh, hallelujah. I know that everybody wants something to open. Stop being so egotistical and selfish and wrap, get yourself a bow. Go over to the dollar store. I'll buy you the bow and say, here you go, honey. I'm yours. And do it to your, if you don't have it to spend on your children, just say, hey, I'm going to give you the best parts of me this year. Come on. Come on, I'm going to give you the best of me that there is. All all the things I haven't been able to give you yet. All the things I I want to be able to tell you before I don't have a chance to tell you. Come on, somebody. This is what we need to be able to do. We've got to make ourselves valuable and share our value with other people. Hallelujah. Let people know that when you are present and have them miss you when you are absent. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because our God is a giver, we too have to be a giver. Why do I say God is a giver? Because even in John 3, 16, the Bible declares, For God so loved the world that he, oh, what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. Amen. Amen. He is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave his son. Now, in the book of Genesis, let me take you back there. I said I'd take you from Genesis to Revelation. God so loved his son that he gave him the world. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, today to have a mind to receive. Hallelujah. Open our hearts. Listen, when we first encounter God in Scripture, We find him wrapping and preparing a gift. Oh, I know you know it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What was he doing? Creation was him wrapping and preparing a gift. Oh, yes. Even from the beginning, he introduces himself as a giver. Oh, hallelujah. He introduces himself as a giver right from the very start. Not, 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 not so that he can have a dwelling place, because God didn't need earth to dwell in. He, he dwells in eternity. Amen. The Bible says that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. God dwells in eternity. You and I dwell in time. But, but when we meet uh, our, our powerful, mighty creator in the book of Genesis, we find him making a gift for his son. See, you got to notice something, that we don't serve a God that asks us to give something that he has not first given to us. Oh, he is always giving to you and I first because my God is a giver. I need you to say that out loud. My God is a giver. I got to keep you awake. Say it again. My God is a giver. 
Oh, yes, my God is a giver. My God is. And so if we're going to be like God, then we have to be a giver. Yes. And so when we first meet him, we meet him as a giver. Hallelujah. We first meet him as a giver. The first thing we learned was that he created the seas and he created the wind and that he created the trees and he caused there to be heat and he caused there to be the, the cool of the night. He caused there to be light and he caused there to be even nighttime and he did all of it. Everything in creation he did for you and I. He gifted all of that to you and I. He created such an environment for you and I that we can, we can, we can, uh, 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 we can live in, that we can exist in, that we can survive survive in. You and I exist in this environment because he created it. I, I wonder if you ever really took the time to consider creation that he did it for you. Ever took the time to really appreciate all of creation and that he did it for you. That when you stop by and you visit Cucumber Falls and a high pile, he did that for you. When you open up your eyes in the morning and you hear the chirp of the birds, he did that for you. The hills and the valleys and the, and the wind that goes to the trees, he did that for you to enjoy. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for you. He was giving you and I a gift right from the very start. Come on, somebody say amen. Because my God is a giver. My God is a giver. Hallelujah. He's a giver. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then right in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that right out of the dust of the earth that God created man. Out of the dust of the earth, God created man and God breathed in him. And Adam basically wakes up and says, God, you did all this for me? God is a giver of gifts. You created all of this for me, all the trees and the mountains and the streams and, the, and all of this surrounding me. You, you, you did all of this for me because the God that we serve is a gift giver. Yes, God did all of that for, for him. He, he did all of this. And the Bible says that he did all of that because he said in his word that he desired that you and I be fruitful and multiply to, to replenish and subdue and have dominion in the earth. So God created a king's domain. And then he wanted man to have dominion. Yes, he did. And so the first thing that God gives you and I is creation. I, I got to move quickly. The first thing he gives us is creation. There's a second thing that he, he, he gives us with, and it's redemption. Oh, yes. Right? We see it first right in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that when Adam first messed up, when Adam messed up the first gift, that God said, well, that's okay. I got another one. Because he's a gift giver. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that God walked through the cool of the garden and found Adam in his sin and his nakedness and said, and said Adam, you can't give your way out of this. You can't give a gift to get out of this one. No, 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 no. I have to give you a gift to get you out of this. Because if you give a gift, that would be works. Notice God didn't tell Adam, give me something to get you out of this sin mess. No, 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 no. Not, not there. God says, you can't give me something. I need to give you something to get you out of this mess. Because if you give me something, that would be works. But if I give it to you, now I can begin to teach you grace. God knew, hey, there's something going to come later. So I, I need to be able to give you something that you don't deserve, but I'm willing to give it to you anyway. Isn't that awesome about the God that we serve? 
Amen. And so we see the first signs of redemption right there in the midst of that. He gets, he gets a- a- absolutely uh, a- a- first signs of redemption when God begins to clothe him with one of a kind fur. Amen. In the midst of his nakedness, we see uh, the second gift of redemption. And I thank God for redemption. I-, I could spend some time there, but I can't because I don't have the time. So God dressed him in custom-made fur. And we see it right there in the book of Genesis, redemption, redemption, redemption. And then there was a third gift that God began to give right there in the early chapters of Scripture. Are you still with me? We'll get to the good part, I promise. The third gift God begins to give, he gives it to a deceived Eve. When God says to Eve, he wants to use her to regenerate the species. God said, Eve, I need to partner with you to regenerate the earth, to regenerate the earth. I I want you to understand something about the God that we serve. Look, early in Scripture, early in, 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 in all of Scripture, we see that God is a giving God. I need you to understand that God loved God so loved you and I that he kept giving and giving and giving all throughout. I'm only giving you three examples so far in the book of Genesis, and he's already given three times. Amen. He's given three times, and God says to to Eve, hey, I I need to partner with you to be able to regenerate, amen, populate, glory to God, and accomplish my will in this earth hallelujah you need to understand that's what this season is all about it's about jesus is a gift from god it's about the fact that our god is a gift giving god each one of us in this place possess gifts that are different than other people's everyone under the sound of my voice possesses some kind of gift and god gave it to you i said god gave it to you He gave it to you. And so he's still giving all through from Genesis to Revelation. He he never diminishes in his generosity. You need to understand that about God, that he never depletes his resources and he never runs out of compassion. Not our God, but the Bible says that, that his mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Jesus. Your mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. And so Christ is God making himself a gift for us. Hallelujah. I said Christ is make, is God making himself a gift for us. The Bible says that God stepped down into a virgin and said, I need some wrapping paper. And so he used the womb of the virgin. Come on, somebody. I told you he's a gift giver. You just are trying to always look at it in the traditional sense. And you've got to see that, that, that wrapped gifts, God has never given you and I a gift that was not wrapped. Never. Oh, every time God will give you a gift, it will always come wrapped. That's why sometimes you can't identify it right away. Hallelujah. And so he steps down. God says, I want to give yet again. And he says, I, I, I need to step down into the womb of Mary. And so a God who lived in eternity now steps down in time. And the Bible says that Emmanuel was a gift to us. Notice God made himself a gift to us. I said, God made himself a gift to us. Now I have a question. Who are you a gift to? Who are you a gift to? Oh yes. Hallelujah. 
Who are you a gift to? Who in this earth do you make yourself a gift to? Remember I said earlier that you and I need, people need to be able to miss us when we're not present. They need to notice that we're not there. Hallelujah, because we should be making ourselves a gift all the time. Think about it. Who are you a gift to? Because if we are a Christian, we've got to be a gift to somebody. We need to be Christ-like, which means we need to be giving to somebody in some capacity. Hallelujah. How have you given of yourself lately? Oh, yes. How have you and I given of ourselves lately? Hallelujah. See, if, if the God that we serve made himself a gift, then surely you and I who worship him should make ourselves also a gift. I need to make myself a gift and not a liability. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Make yourself a gift and not a liability. Oh, yes. We all know those that are liabilities. You see them coming and you duck and cover. Because you know they're about to ask you for something. They, they, they become a liability. They are no longer an asset as much as they are a liability. Hallelujah. I've learned that I need to be an asset every day and not a liability. I want people to look forward to me coming around. And being an asset. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You and I need to make it a point that you are an asset. That when people see you coming, they, they know that you're an asset. Even if you're not given of something, that you, you just have the right attitude. That you're filled with joy. That, that you have some word of wisdom. That you have the, the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Uh, not, not looking down and being poor me, poor me, poor me. I don't want to be a liability, but in some capacity, I want to be an asset in everybody's life hallelujah thank you jesus be an asset and so jesus was a wrapped gift creation was a wrapped gift amen god's always giving all throughout scripture in, in many different types of ways even all throughout scripture think back even in the old testament jacob received a gift the bible the, 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 the bible i'm sorry the bible says that he had jacob give joseph a gift and the Bible says that as Jacob gave Joseph a gift, the, the coat of many colors, hallelujah, he received a coat, and yet it was really a coat he received out of season. Because Joseph hadn't stepped into his rightful place yet, but when, when, when Jacob had given him the coat, it really was before his time. And it ended up that the coat caused some people to get jealous of him, if you remember your Bible. And so he ended up getting himself in trouble. But, but, but even then, I wonder if Jacob really realized that God was using him to act like God to give a gift. That's just one example. We can throw out multiple examples of, of the way in which our God is a gift giver. He's a gift giver. It, it, Jacob was acting like God, given that coat. Hallelujah. Before he would become prince in Egypt. Hallelujah. All ahead of his time. How many of you know that sometimes God will give you and I a gift that's ahead of our time? Sometimes we've been given things and we say, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't have a plan for it. Sometimes our church has been given things and it's like, okay, what are we going to do with this right now? We don't have all of the resources to finish it or all of the resources to do it. And yet it, 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 it's a gift that God will sometimes give you ahead of when you really need it or ahead before you actually grow into it. Hallelujah. But when God gives you a gift, it embraces, it often embraces your destiny and not your history. 
Did you hear what I said? That's why sometimes God will give you and I a gift that doesn't always make sense in your present circumstance because your gift embraces your destiny and not your history. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad God doesn't gift you based on what you did? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's not like that. God, God's not a, a, God doesn't have a list that he has to check twice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's not gifting you based off of your history. God is ba- gifting you based off of your destiny. That's why I had you declare earlier, I am gifted. I am gifted. You have already got some things that have been gifted to you on the inside of you and that God is giving to you even now based on your destiny. And it doesn't have anything to do with where you've been and your past and all the things you've done wrong. Can you say hallelujah? Oh my God, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. I'm so thankful. Amen. How many know that sometimes we, 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 we'll, we'll be careful and we'll give gifts based on, you know, circumstances and how people are. The nicer gifts we'll keep for the people we like the most. Mm-hmm. Yes. God says, I'm not like that. I'm not looking at you and looking at all the things you did wrong and all the things you messed up this year to give you a gift. God says, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Because the gifts I give, your, your heavenly father give you is based on your destiny. The gifts he gives you is based on where you're going, not where you've been. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody, you need to get that in your spirit and know that's the kind of God that you serve. He's gifting you right now based on where you're going because you're going somewhere. Hallelujah. 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 He'll often give you a gift. Uh, he, he often gives you and I something that, that, is, that, that, is, that is on time, but it's really for another time. It's for what is coming. Hallelujah. It's really taught me not to throw away any of the things that God has given me. It's taught me not to throw away any of the gifts, any of the spiritual gifts that he gives me, any of the wisdom that he deposits to me, any of the things that God has given this this church or this ministry, any other things that God has deposited in my life. I don't just throw it away and get rid of it because I know that if I don't have use for it right now, there's coming another time that I'll have use for that. Hallelujah. You need to know that about the things that God gifts you and I and the way in which he gifts you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you got to understand that the gift that sometimes you receive it may not fit your situation but the gift is often prophetic from God because he's a God that helps you when I look to the future say I am gifted hallelujah so in other words if nobody gets you anything for Christmas I am gifted hallelujah if FedEx or UPS doesn't show up with a package and your name is on it you are gifted hallelujah amen if the USPS is late delivering something to you that you were expecting and someone said you can be expecting something even if the devil arrives I am gifted hallelujah if everyone around you forgets you or nobody is broken everyone's broken they ain't got no money to buy you nothing I am gifted hallelujah if there's nothing around that you might feel like anybody cares you need to know that you are gifted amen I I was born I was born a gift I'm a walking gift I'm a talking gift you need to understand that about yourself even now I am gifted hallelujah you need to understand this about yourself when I say that I am gifted I'm not saying I I'm saying I as in we hallelujah we are gifted we we 
are so gifted that when we walk in a room, you need to know I've been gifted. Hallelujah. That's what I'm telling you. You need to walk with such confidence and understand about the God who created you and I, who breathed life into your lungs, that you need to value who you are so much that you recognize when you show up to your family or your friends or whatever Christmas party you go to, whatever room you find yourself in, you need to walk in there knowing that you are a gift. Hallelujah. They might not appreciate you yet, but you are a gift. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a gift because of what God put in me. I'm a gift. So when I walk in the room, you've been gifted because I am gifted. Yes. I said, when I walk in a room, you are gifted because I am gifted. When you walk in a room, I am gifted because you are gifted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are a gift on the inside of you. God has deposited things that are, that are unique only to you. You are a gift and God wants to use you. Are you going to let yourself be a gift to those around you? Hallelujah. Another way that God shows that he's a giver is even in, in the word of God, he says that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists because God made people a gift hallelujah he i said he made everyone to be a gift those are anointings but even in the midst of an anointing he releases in you and i a gift he made everybody to be a gift there is nobody that is greater or lesser than you you are a gift i am a gift he is a gift she is a gift are you hearing what i'm saying you and i are a gift he's put something in you now be a gift to those around you i need you to understand that even the bible says he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Why? Because she a gift. I says she's a gift. Oh, yes. All the men said amen. I'm trying to help you guys stay out of trouble. I mean, even if she ain't here or whatever, if you don't amen, they'll get an attitude with you and you'll be on a list and it won't be the giving list. Hallelujah. Come on. Don't you all pretend that you don't know what I'm talking about. I've been on a list a time or two. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I said she's gifted. I, I know sometimes we can be miserable people. I know I can get moody, but I'm still a gift. Look past my moodiness and see I'm a gift. Look past the days when I'm not in a very good mood and say he's still a gift. Look past the days when I'm not very talkative and say he's still a gift. My God, he can still pray and get a hold of God. He's a gift. If I'm not talking to you, it just means I'm talking to God. So don't be mad. Someone said the other day, you're quiet. Yeah, I'm praying. Shut your mouth. Hallelujah. Get out of my office. Glory to God. Yeah, they like, Pastor, you're really quiet today. Yeah, I'm praying. Shut your mouth. Would you leave me alone, please? Just because I'm staring at my computer and typing emails and having meetings don't mean I ain't sitting there praying. Get, go. Hallelujah. Because I got to take care of the gift. I said I got to take care of the gift. Some of you need to nurture the gift that is within you. Oh, hallelujah. I don't, I don't have time to go there. Hallelujah. We're still unwrapping Jesus 2,000 years later. I'm telling you, the church is still trying to figure him out and understand him. Do you realize that? Look at the revelation he still unveils to you and I. We're still unwrapping him. Still. 
even then Jesus, after he is born, uh, 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 crucified, resurrected, all of those things, even after he goes, we get another gift, the Holy Ghost. Oh, I, I could just keep going. Gift after gift after gift. He just keeps giving to you and I. Gift after gift after gift. He keeps revealing and exposing more of who he is. Hallelujah. Because all of the I am's that he is, he is still revealing to you and I who he is. Do you realize all of the cures he is to the diseases? All of the, every cure we'll ever have need of, he is the cure to every disease. Amen. He's the cure before the disease ever comes along. Do you understand that he, he, the, uh, the, the, the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, he, he, he is the answer before every question ever came. He's the solution before every problem ever showed up. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the gift from God. He is the answer. Remember in, in, in Luke, the Bible says, Hail Mary, you've been highly favored. What does favored mean? It means you've been gifted. Hallelujah. It means you've been favored. We talk about how we are favored by God. I know sometimes we don't always feel favored. Right? And then sometimes people get jealous when we are favored. Because favor ain't fair. Hallelujah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever seen someone in the family have a favorite? I, I know. I, I, I know. We don't talk about it much because sometimes in some families there's like a favorite child, which is my sister, right? And <laughs> mom stepped out to so get ready for tonight. So, hey, you know, fair game, right? Favorite grandchildren, right? My, my kids and my family was on like a group text yesterday. And, and my youngest daughter reminded my mom that she said that my son, who is my middle child, is her number one. She was reminding her, Mimi, you said he is your favorite. Right? Because how many of you know favor isn't always fair? The favor that God releases to you and I is a favor that isn't fair to others who aren't a part of the family of God and they cannot understand it. Hallelujah. Why are we often so blessed? Because favor is not fair. And so when the Bible says, Hail Mary, you've been highly favored, it means that you've been gifted by God. She was gifted. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Gifted. So he said, I, I, I need to wrap myself up in your paper. I, I need to place myself within you to become a gift to the world. And he says, you're going to bring forth a son. You're going to call his name Emmanuel. And he says, I need to tap so I, that I can tabernacle with the people so that I can dwell among you. I, I don't have to start. I don't have the time to even begin to pull all this together. But he says, I, I'm a God who is dwelling in eternity and I'm going to step down into time to try to dwell amongst you. So I, I need to be able to utilize and I need you to provide the wrapping paper. So this is a this, it, it is this Jesus that is the gift that is we're talking about in our text. And so the Bible says in our text that we read in the book of Matthew that that Jesus is in a manger and he's surrounded by shepherds and sheep. Amen. amen. The, the, in Matthew, it says that God has caused the star to twinkle like a, a bow on a wrapped package in, 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 to, to, to be a sign unto the world that, that he is born. And so uh, 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 he, became, he came as a living gift to a dying world. 
But there's something different about this text that we often don't read and many don't even really pay much attention to. The mysterious magi, the Bible says, the mysterious magi appear in the text only once. They're not discussed in Mark, Luke, or John. Just here. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. I said the mysterious magi show up only here. You won't see them in Mark, Luke, or John. Now, we often confuse what the Bible really says with Christmas carols and other things that we have alluded to, and we've taken what Christmas carols have said and imagery that we put around under our trees and in our nativities and count it as gospel, and yet it is not. There are some things we include in our nativity that are not accurate. Some troll on Facebook jumped us because uh, they saw the photo of the church and didn't see no nativity. And they said, you only have secular stuff in your church. And I said, first back, I said, first of all, have you been in our church? Yeah. Clearly not. <laughs> Hallelujah. But even if you had, there are some things that you are honoring and worshiping that are not accurate, ma'am. Oh, there are things that you are counting as gospel but it is not gospel. Let me check your nativity and see if it meets the standards of what the Bible really says, and I bet it doesn't. Oh, hallelujah. Are you ready? Y'all better wake up. I'm all, I'll be through soon. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. We kind of misrepresent things. We take some liberties and assumptions instead of learning what Scripture really, really says. We take assumptions based on songs and the, the Bible never said that there were that, that these magi were kings. You know, we three kings. Bible never called them kings. Y'all better read your Bible. See, I'm going to get y'all reading this week. Bible never said that they were kings. Mm -mm. Even the Bible never said that there were three of them either. You'll see them listed elsewhere as what we call wise men. Here in the text, they're called the Magi. But they were not, it never said there were three. We take an assumption that there were three. Why? Because they brought three gifts. But the Bible never says there were three. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> we must have lost one. Somebody stole one of our Magi. Hallelujah. When in fact, if we would study it out, they normally traveled in groups of 12. Oh, but, but you don't have the right number in your nativity. No, because we don't even know that there were only three. The Bible never said that. The Bible only said they brought three gifts. Oh, are you still with me? Hallelujah. And let me, let me take it another step further. Guess what? The Magi never showed up at the manger. Yeah, Michelle's shaking her head because she knows what I'm talking about. No, they are not a part of the nativity. But read the Bible. We just read in Matthew. They didn't come to the nativity. The Bible says they came later to the house. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing clarity. Now we're all going to have to go home, take the, the magi out of our nativity, move them across the room. <laughs> Hallelujah. Put them at Santa's little house with a little cottage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey. 
Uh, with my nativity, my wise men are not with it at home because I know Bible. Mm-hmm. Do you know, y'all better go find yourself, go to Dollar General the day after church, find yourself a little cottage, put the Magi at the house to be visiting Jesus separately. Because he, they did not show up to the manger. I said they did not show up to the manger. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. That's what the Bible says. See what I mean? We've made assumptions. And we've taken it as gospel. But the wise men, the Magi, never came to the manger. They never came to see baby Jesus laying in a trough. No, they did not. Instead, the Bible says they came almost what we think to be about two years later. Jesus was about two years old when the Magi actually showed up. Uh-huh, that's what the Bible says. How do I know? Because I just read you the text. Remember, Herod said, make sure he needed clarification on the time that Jesus was born. Because later, remember, Herod needs to, he says, because he doesn't know where Jesus is, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Because uh, the Magi, Herod told him, make sure you come back and tell me where he is because I want to worship him too. Oh, he didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. And the Magi did not go back and tell him. In fact, the Bible says that the Magi went home another way. We'll get there. And so because Herod didn't exactly know where he was or about the day, he said, I'm just going to kill everything about within the last two years to make sure we find him and we kill him. So they showed up about two years later. Wasn't even part of the Christmas story. See how you've gotten it wrong all this time? Hallelujah. These preachers preaching you wrong. Hallelujah. See, you'll learn something if you stick around long enough. Hallelujah. Telling us wrong things. Making assumptions about our Christmas carols and the things that we sing. Hallelujah. They came to the house after Jesus was born. Because in, 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 in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and they, were on, they went to Jerusalem. See, they weren't there. And if you read on, it gives more clarification. Hallelujah. They went to have a conversation with Herod. Glory to God. Sister, will you turn that on for me up there? Hallelujah. We're going to get you ready to receive. We're going to get you ready to be a gift today. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says that they came from the east and they saw the star. I want to point something else out to you. They came because they were, they, they were the mysterious magi. Magi, the, 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 the word for which we later will get magic. Don't let me freak y'all out. It's true. These men studied astrology. I'm going to show you something else in word. And so the Bible says that they show up. They, they, they came because they, they studied science. They studied astrology. I'm not teaching you anything that ain't scripture. I ain't teaching you weird stuff, anything new age. I'm showing you Bible. The Bible says that they saw a star and that God revealed himself through the star. How many of you know that the God that we serve can reveal himself through anything? Let me, let me prove it to you. God revealed himself when he parted the waters. God revealed himself through a burning bush. God revealed himself over and over and over through many ways. And God revealed himself to the mysterious magi who did not come to the nativity, who did not come to the stable, who did not come to visit him in the trough, but came factually later. God reveals himself to them 
through a star, a star head they had not seen before. The same star that we're about to see this week, did you notice, hallelujah, that hadn't been seen for many, many years. What was the, what was the year? I mean, a long time, hundreds of years, like 700 something AD or something like crazy. Think about that. You're going to see the star of Bethlehem this week. Oh, come on, somebody. Because he's trying to reveal himself to you. We haven't seen it before. Nobody living has seen this before. God's saying, I'm trying to reveal myself to you. And, and so, and so he, it's something they'd never seen before. And they knew that that star meant that a king had come. They could look at the heavens. They studied astrology so much that they knew that when something was different, they knew that the heavens were speaking. Why? Because the Bible says that the heavens are telling the glory of God. So it's not weird that they, that the magi, who we later get a, a word magic out of, these were people who knew enough and studied enough that they knew that there was something different that heaven was speaking to earth. Oh, if the church could just pay attention long enough that we'd actually know when God was speaking. Do you know he is trying to speak to us all the time? Do you know he was speaking last week? He was speaking last week through Sister Ramona. He was speaking last week. He, he speaks to you and I every day. That's why you need to understand you are a gift. And if you will acknowledge yourself as a gift, he wants, you, he wants to use you as a gift and give you also to the world and the people. Do you understand when we reveal how God is going to use our church at four o'clock today at the gala? You are going to begin to have a better understanding of the gift that you possess, that you are all that in a bag of chips, and God is about to offer you up to those that you serve amongst. Oh, see, you don't like that. You, you don't like that because you don't want God to use you in a capacity that you haven't fully approved of yet. That's your problem. You want it your way right away. Like Burger King. This ain't Burger King. This is the kingdom of God, somebody. I know we live in that society. Everything's microwavable. I want it when I want it, how I want it. I'm going to order it online and now I'm not going to drive my car. I'm going to have it delivered to my house and you expect God to do that too. Stop, stop, stop because that's not Bible. That's not Bible. Come on, somebody. There are certain things he needs you to understand and the way in which he moves. And the way in which God moves is what he is showing you and I right here through the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 2. He said there is a way of which I like to receive and there is a way in which I too will give to you. That's what Matthew 2 reveals to you and I. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the Bible says the Magi brought the fruit. You better watch this. The Bible says that the Magi, these wise men, I'll call them wise men because it makes it more appeasable to our understanding of what we've been told. The Bible says that these, however many wise men, because there weren't three, they brought gifts. They brought gifts. And the Bible says that the Magi brought the fruit of the beating of the rock to get the gold. Gold, frankincense, you better pay attention. They brought him gold, frankincense, and, and rock. The fruit of the beating of the rock was the gold. They also brought him the, the, the fruit of the bruising of the tree to get the frankincense. And the crushing of the root to get the myrrh. Does somebody hear what I'm saying? They brought that which had been beaten 
that which had been bruised and that which had been crushed to the one that would be beaten, bruised, and crushed. Uh Uh-huh. I said they brought that which would have been beaten, that which had been bruised, and that which had been crushed to the one that would be beaten, bruised, and crushed. Later, when he gets up on the cross, he is beaten, bruised, and crushed. Hallelujah. That, that one, they're bringing gifts of what he will be. See, they, they're giving him gifts, but it's gifts that he already is. Because there is nothing that you can give our God that he is not already. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That, that's the awesomeness of the God that we serve. There are things you can give me that I don't already possess, but there is nothing that you and I can give God that he is not already Oh, because he is God of all, in all, above all. Come on, somebody. That's the God that we serve. They, they brought a gift to a giver. They brought a gift to a giver. They brought a bruising to a bruising. They brought a treasure to a treasure. They, they brought a gift to a king who is two years or younger, the Bible says. He, he, they, they brought all of this to, they, they, they brought all this to a, a young boy who is no longer in a manger, but yet he's not on the throne yet. Look at the gifts that they brought him. He's not yet operating as a king, but they bring gifts to him as though he were a king. These same gifts were brought to Herod. That's one of the reasons that Herod got an attitude and got jealous. It's because usually they had brought gifts to him to honor him. And when Herod saw them coming from afar off, he thought they were coming to honor him again and they weren't. They were on their way to see Jesus. And so he got an attitude and that's when he decided, uh-huh, I ain't having this. They, they, ain't gonna, they, they ain't gonna bring gifts to nobody but me. I want to be the one receiving those gifts. I want to be the one that is off. There ain't gonna be no other king. I'm it. I'm it. So they got, they got an attitude. Hallelujah. And, and so, and so you, you need to understand that about that. That, 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 that the God that we serve is, is, is a treasure. They brought treasure to a treasure. Treasure to a treasure. They brought gifts to him that doesn't really fit where he is. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What was he going to do with them at two? That's why I said earlier that God will often gift you and I with something that we don't know what to do with now. But God isn't gifting you in your present or based on your past. God is gifting you based on your destiny. God will give you a gift that will show you your shall be while you're still in a toddler state. Those gifts were declaring what he shall be while he was still a toddler. While he was still figuring out who he is, while he was not yet fully speaking yet. God will give, often give you and I a gift ahead of time. Some of, you have been, uh, some of you and I have been wondering and asking God what it is you're doing. God, I feel out of place. God, I feel like I'm, I, I, I don't fit really anywhere I go. And God, God needs you to understand he's gifted you ahead of time. So you're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to feel with a little bit of uncertainty that it just some things don't fit where you are right now. Hallelujah. That's why he that's why he will put a robe on you to lead Egypt while you're still carrying lunches. Hallelujah. That's why he gave the the coat of many colors ahead of time. That's why David was anointed to be king, but it didn't happen until 14 years later because God will often gift you long before it's time for you to actually step into what he's called you for your destiny. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so they they brought kings, a king's gift to a kid. Because God is famous for giving gifts ahead of time. 
famous for it. Sometimes God will give you things that don't make sense right now, but soon God will reveal it all to you. You you need to understand and you need to have that understanding and the revelation today, I've got something. I've got something, I've got something, I've got something. I've got something that doesn't make sense, but I've got it. Uh, it. It doesn't fit my life entirely, but I've got it. There are some things that God has gifted this church that don't make sense. I'm still trying to figure out what they're all supposed to do and how it's all supposed to be a part, but but I know it has to be a part of destiny, so we'll just hang on to it. So we'll just put it in our pocket. There are some things that God has gifted you. There are some people maybe that God has gifted to you in your life that doesn't fit, but, but it's for what is coming. It's for what is coming. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to get you to see is that you can be broke, but you are gifted. That you can be bruised, but you are gifted. Hallelujah. That you can be worried and yet you are still gifted. I I want you to understand that you can be in turmoil, but you are still gifted. Hallelujah. I said you can be confused, but you are still gifted. See, I I need you to understand God is not trying to minister to how you feel or to your emotions. God is trying to minister and speak to who you already are. He is trying to speak to your inner man of who he has created you to be. God says, yeah, I know you're in turmoil. Yeah, I know you're uncomfortable. Yeah, I know you aren't always happy. Yeah, I know you might feel broke, busted, and disgusted, but I am trying to speak to where you're going. I'm trying to gifting to where you're going, not where you're at. I mean, don't give me something that's going to help my present. Give me what's going to help my present, but so into my future. Hallelujah. Are you hearing the word of the Lord? If anybody's ever had a need and you had a bill to pay, did you just say, God, pay this bill? I never have. I said, God, you're God of more than enough. I need this bill paid and then some. I ain't dumb. Are you hearing me? Because I know my God, the Bible says my God owns a cattle on a thousand hill. Bring it. Bring it. That's not cockiness. That's me understanding the goodness of our God. So that way, when I receive, I don't set myself up to be like, well, now what am I going to do? I I, I got the gas bill paid or I got that paid, but how am I going to put gas? No, because I serve a God of more than enough. And so, God, I just thank you that you're opening the windows of heaven. You're pouring out the blessing that I don't have room enough to receive. So, God, do it. Do what only you can do. Because, God, I'm not asking for a gift of where I am. I'm asking for you to release a gift of where I'm going. So, I need more than what's going to meet my need. Hallelujah. More than what's going to meet my, my current need. That's the God that I serve. Are you hearing me? You need to start understanding that God is bigger than that. God, God has enough. Look, you need to understand the Bible says that Jesus had an accountant. You don't have an account if you're poor. You don't. Some some people in the church think Jesus was broke. No, he wasn't. You don't need an account if you're broke. You don't bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to someone who's going to be broke. I understand who he is. This church is, uh, is evidence of that we understand 
who He is. And He's a God that is trying to gift you and I based on where we're going, not where we are. So He demonstrates Himself as a God that is more than enough. That's why there have been times where I have been worried, but I've still been gifted. That's why there have been times where I have been bloodied, battered, and bruised, but I'm still gifted. That's why there have been times I've been confused, but I'm still gifted. That's why you are where you're at right now, but you need to understand that you are gifted. Say, I am gifted. I'll say it again. Say, I am gifted. Why? Because the Bible says, He who has begun a good work shall come perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Because I'm gifted. He ain't done yet. He's still gifting. The God that gifted in Genesis, the God that continued to gift three times in Genesis, continued to gift all throughout Scripture, gifted into Mary and said, Mary, you're favored. In other words, Mary, you're gifted. The the God who gifted when He said, I needs must go, but I'll send another who is the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, gifted you and I again. Hallelujah. He then in turn has gifted you and I. If you are saved, blood-bought believer, filled with the Holy Ghost, you are gifted. You are gifted, and He has gifted you for what is coming. That's why His Word says, No mind can conceive. No no ear hath heard what God hath prepared for you and I. Why? Because He gave you a gift that was before its season. I said He gave you a gift that was before its season. Some of us have been anointed and appointed and it, it gets frustrating. How many of you know, when, when you get called in a ministry, it can be frustrating because you, you think, oh, that means I'm going to preach. No, it means you're going to clean the toilet and drive the van and do all the dirty work that the senior preacher don't want to do. That's what it means. So everybody ever tells me they're called to ministry, that's where they start. And then everybody who always wants, that I try to start them there, they'll leave. Most of them. Don't they, Michelle? Most of them because I do it because I need them to understand there's a gift but just because it was released and you were anointed like David it doesn't mean suddenly the heavens opened up and now you've been anointed to fully preach no you need to understand every aspect of what ministry is you need to understand what the people who work with you and serve you the frustration they go through Uh, you you, got to understand how hard it is to teach children what it is to drive the youth van and deal with the youth telling them what their parents how crazy they are and their parents are singing on the platform that's the truth oh it got quiet in here but we have this idea somehow I'm gifted and that's all I'm gifted and God says no I'll gift you and I'll even anoint you but I'll anoint you before it's your season that's why they brought gifts to a young child before it was time for him to really utilize them. It was a gift for the future. See, you and I should know how to give God praise because we are gifted. You and I should know how to give God praise that every time we've said, I'm gifted, that we should be jumping out in a, in a praise to him. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Hallelujah. See, some of us can't get our breakthrough because we can't get our praise right. Notice something about the text, and I'll I'll close with this. Before the Magi gave their gifts, the Bible says that they gave him their praise. 
before they brought, before they handed over the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Bible says that they praised him. See, we get so busy as a society being gifted that we've not learned to be, to, we've not learned how to praise him. We get so we get so preoccupied as a society. Come on. Every, everywhere we go, it's about give me, give me, give me. The morning shows this morning. I was getting ready and in the shower and all of that. And I had music going, but the TV was still going. And I come down the steps and get into the, in the morning America or something was still playing. And they're talking about all the last minute deals because it's all about give me, give me, give me. And we come to God with a give me, give me, give me. Instead, he says, oh, I've got something for you. I've got a gift for you. But before I can give you my gift, I need you to give me mine. Oh, see, the, the Magi set a precedent that we'll see followed over and over and over because everything God does is in cycles and seasons. They set a precedent that we see established and it happens over and over and over where they praised him and then they gifted him. They praised him and then they gifted him. See, you need to give your gift to the, to the giver and give God your praise. Give God your praise. Herod wanted to kill him because Herod wanted to be worshipped too. Are you hearing me? Herod wanted to be worshipped too. I told you when we read the text, be careful of fake worshippers. Be careful of fake people. Be careful of people who are opportunists. Be careful of those people who try to tie themselves to your favor. To go where you're going and, and they just want to go along for the ride and they're going to try to get what you're going to Be careful of those people who are trying to do what you did and trying to reap the same blessing. There will be people that will come in contact with in life, in family, in church. Yes, in church. And, and they're opportunists. They're, they're not genuine. They're not fake. That's why Herod said, make sure you let me know where he is so I can come and worship him too. In other words, no, I'm going to kill him because I'm the only, I, I want to be worshipped. I don't want anybody else being worshipped but me. Hallelujah. Nobody would be worshipping me. Hallelujah. Bible says that while they were worshiping, notice this, while they were worshiping, they heard a voice and the voice began to speak and says, when you go back home, go home another way. God was given a warning, don't go back the way you came because Herod's waiting on you. And if you go back another way, it's a trap. You need to understand, some of you have been crying out and praying about the way and the reason of why things are happening in your life the way they are it's because God's trying to get you to go another way did you hear what I'm telling you he's trying to get you to go. you're trying to live like how you always have you're trying to have church like you are stop it you know the whole reason that COVID hit the church the way that it did you know the real reason why mega churches and other churches and our church has not fully recovered our churches don't look like they used to pre-COVID because God was trying to get you and I to stop doing it the way we've always done it and figure out another way. And you know what the church did the moment that it stopped being a thing and the government said, oh, you can have church. Sort of having church the same old way. And God says, no, I'm trying to reveal myself to you. God says, while you're shut down, locked down, can't go to church, I want you to come back, but I want you to come back another way. And now here we are. I mean, this has been a year. As much as our church has been blessed and we've expanded and 
We're reaching countries that we've never been able to reach before. Hearing from people all around the world, from right here in this little place of Uniontown, Pennsylvania, this has been not an easy year. I've dealt with stuff I haven't had to deal with in years. Some of us are dealing with depression like we've never had to. It's a spirit. Some of us are dealing with things and struggles and it's not been one thing after the other. And we've all been asking God why. And what God has shown me this week is, Adam, I'm trying to move my people into what is next, but I have to take them into what is next another way. Because if they try to go the way they always go, and the reason that you, you keep getting tripped up by one thing after the other is because you're trying to go the way you always go. And the enemy knows that way, like Herod knew that way. And the reason that the voice spoke to the Magi and said, I, when you return, I need you to go another way. Come on, this is revelation for somebody in this room. The reason that he spoke to them, I need you to go another way, is because he didn't want them to get tripped up. And so they couldn't find and kill Jesus. You need to know that God is trying to gift you and I for what is to come. He's trying to bring forth a destiny for, and, and give you a gift for where you're going. But he needs you and I to go about it another way. He needs you and I to begin to come and do church another way. He needs you and I to go about our life. Another, maybe you need to drive home another way. In fact, will you do that? Will you just make your route home and find another way? Take one street different. Do something. Instead of going down the alley in the same road you do, go up the alley. Go up Evans Street down front of our other property and, and, and just do something different. Go another way. Go another way in your prayer life. Go another way in the way in which you worship. Go another way. And the only way, the only way that is in order for you to find the other way, you have to first give your gift to the giver. The only way that they even heard that they had to go home another way was they first gave their gift to the giver of gifts. You need to give your gift. I'm not talking about anything other than your worship, your praise. I know this time of year people give gifts and they'll sow money to the church and give to the kingdom of God. And if you want to give like that, give like that. I'm talking about you giving your worship. I'm talking about uh, uh, every person who is not a saved, blood-bought believer the one who gave his life for you, you can give your life for him. That's what it is. A gift to the giver. So to every person under the sound of my voice and online, give a gift to the giver of gifts. Because the only way you're going to find out that you need to go another way is to bring your gift to the giver and praise him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Can we just, in these final moments, take a few moments and just give a gift of worship and praise right where we are. Your, your worship, you don't have to be loud. It just needs to come from you. I'm not saying it can't be. I'm saying it just needs to come from you. Because the Magi, they came and they praised him. 
and then they gave him a gift and we're going to follow the magi's order today because they praised him that they, they gifted him and then in turn he gives a gift and says go home another way go home another way go home another way God will speak to you what you've been longing to hear and the answer that you need if you'll praise him if you'll gift him oh hallelujah he'll take you another way he'll take you there are some things that we've been seeking answers to and we're wondering when it's going to break through he just gave you the, the order of how to do it worship him bring your gift and then he's going to show you another way there are some people in our lives that we're trying to figure out how to deal with he's going to show you another way He'll show you another way. He's going to take you another way today in this place. Today in this place. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just worship you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify your name. Lord, we just take 30 seconds just to magnify and just to worship you. Just, just to lift up your great name, to tell you how awesome you are, how good you are, that you are a gift-giving God. I, I'm so thankful that, God, you are a giver. I'm so thankful that, Lord, all throughout Scripture and all throughout my life, Lord, you've been a giver, that, Lord, you, you've given gifts that, that we don't even recognize. You've given gifts that, Lord, we, that we haven't even tapped into yet because, Lord, you gifted me long before I ever stepped into my fullness of my destiny. So, Father, I thank you. Lord, we praise you for the gift-giving God that you are. The God who gave his life for us. Lord, we give our life for you. And so, God, we worship you today. God, we praise you today. We praise you today. I thank you today, God, today that we are gifted because you, God, have given us a gift on, deposited on the, on the inside of each of us, Lord. Father, my prayer today is that, Lord, as we prepare to leave this place, that Lord will give you a gift of worship. That Lord will give you a gift of praise. And God, for those that want to sow seed to give a gift to the kingdom. And God, to those that want to give their life to you. To say, Lord, you gave your life for me. I'll, I'll give my life for you. Father, I pray that you'll receive those gifts. And that you'll bless them. And that Lord, you'll receive them and you'll multiply them in the name of Jesus. And that, Father, my prayer is that you'll begin to take us in another way. Take us in another way. Lord, take us home another way. Take us into our destiny another way. It's not going to happen how you thought. It's not going to happen how you had planned. In fact, he's going to take you. He's going to start taking you and doing things another way in many aspects of your life. The stuff you've been experiencing, it's because he's trying to take you another way. And bring you out another way take you on a journey that you don't recognize take you on a journey that you can understand more about who he is and what he is and all that he is in the name of Jesus so father I thank you that every trap of the enemy that has been set for us if we go the way we always gone is voided and considered null and void in the name of Jesus and father I pray now over our lives and our destinies that father you just take us another way Take us away that we hadn't expected. Begin to do the unexpected. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, as we leave this place, send us with your blessing. Help us, Lord, to continue to identify the gifts that are in us. That no matter what life is like, I am gifted.
No matter what life looks like, I am gifted. No matter what I stand in lack of, I am gifted. And I serve a God that gives gifts. And I serve a God that is more than enough. And so, God, we bless you and we thank you today. Father, I pray blessings upon the people of this house over this week and over their Christmas and over their new year. And God, I thank you that as we embark on a new year that you're going to take us another way. Another way. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor and we give you the praise right now in the name of Jesus. Bless tithes and offerings as they're sown in this place, as people sow and give online. Multiply, bring increase. Help us, God, in this season to continue to do your work. And God, we thank you for it. We praise you. And the church of Jesus Christ says, amen, amen. God bless you.